Welcome to In the Know with Kat Bobineau. I'm here with my very special guest, Ruby Olexi. Ruby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Kat. Um, I am a PhD student at the University of Pennsylvania, and I am doing my thesis uh, studying cell biology. Okay. And so with cell biology, what does that mean? Um, so cell biologists usually look at things like um, how things are moving within uh, cells or tissues or um, things that lead to an organism's development. I'm looking in particular at how uh, cells communicate with each other. So um, for all multicellular organisms, be it a plant or an animal, um, cells need to talk to each other. And this is important for the organism to develop and also for the organism to interact and respond to its environment. So I am looking at um, how cells communicate with each other, specifically in the roots of uh, plants under agricultural stresses. So things like um, when soils don't have enough nutrients or when soils uh, have heavy metal contamination and how this changes how cells talk to each other. All right, well that is a mouthful. Um, could you let me know or let our audience know what made you get into cellular biology? Uh, when I was an undergraduate, I actually originally wanted to go to um, vet school and I you know, worked at the zoo and, and I, I loved animals. But um, part of my undergrad experience was I, I started doing research in a lab. I went to a really small state school in New Jersey, Rowan University, and um, I was doing research with a professor there and I just I loved it. I really fell in love with um, doing biology research, and it was something that I honestly didn't know you could do as, as a job or as a profession. And so um, my professor encouraged me to apply to graduate school. Um, so, so I did do that. And when I got into Penn, um, we have a system where we do these rotations. So you get to try different different labs and different uh, areas of biology. And um, this, this, this area and this kind of biological question is something that I really, really loved. And, um, you know, I'm spending six years uh, figuring this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of people don't realize when you go to graduate school, that could be quite a few years out of your life. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what's really interesting, what you said is that you wanted to go and be a veterinarian first. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to be when I first I went to undergrad. Really thing to want. <laughs> I think anyone who has any interest in medicine, whether it's human or animal, you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to study biology. And at this point, you don't know much else about biology other than I'm going to go to vet school. Yeah. So, <laughs> but then you learn about it and you get to experience different parts of biology. So what kind of labs are there at UPenn that you've tried? Yeah, so um, the, the Penn Biology Department is great because it's, it's what's considered an umbrella program. So if you're a student in the biology department, you get to try all different kinds of things. So um, you can look, some, some labs are more uh, human medicine focused, where you might be working on a human disease. Um, some are plant labs, like the one that uh, I'm in. And some are, you know, more uh, mechanisms or cytoskeletal uh, labs or working on, you know, like tiny, tiny molecules that you can't see. There's a lot of, especially nowadays, computational science. Oh, yes. And we also have students who uh, don't do experiments, but they, um, you know, they, they do things on the other end uh, on, the, on the computer or the big data type of, type of thing. So um, we, have, we have all of those labs. Um, most of the, the labs here at Penn anyway, um, when we work with plants, we all work with um, 
this little plant here. So I don't know if you can see it. It's a little guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> so um, this is Arabidopsis. And okay. it's used as a model for um, all dicots. So so this like little plant is the model system that most people here uh, work on. If you go to other universities, they might use things like maize or a bean or, or crop plant like tomato. Okay. And can you explain to us what a dicot is? Uh, yes. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, one way to, to classify plants would be uh, dicot versus monocot. So di meaning two and mono meaning one. Um, and so monocots um, during their development have one cotyledon. And so cotyledon um, is, uh, so maybe you can see it here. Um, so you see this little green, yeah, maybe that's not a good. No, we can <laughs> see it. We see it. <laughs> so before the, before the true leaves emerge from a plant, they are, um, they have this cotyledon and it's kind of like a leaf that has nutrients, um, for the plant to, to suck off of until the plant can become photosynthetic. And so some plants have two of those. Um, so most of the plants that, that you think of have two, um, uh, and then some have, have one. Okay, and so you're using rhodopsin as a model. Um, could you let our audience know other dicot plants that you're modeling the rhodopsin after? Say it again? So do you, you're using rhodopsin as a model, right? Uh, arabidopsin. Uh, arabidopsin. That's what, oh. Arabidopsin, you yeah. see, I didn't do plant biology. <laughs> so <laughs> rhodopsin is a model for what other type of dicot plants do you know of other or can you tell the audience different ones that's out there that they might identify with oh yeah sure so um so uh, most flowering plants or trees are are dicots um things that are monocots are are mostly things like grasses mm. um so like maize for example uh is a monocot so when you think of these kind of grassy plants um that would be kind of the division there but you know if you have like roses out home, um, that would be a, a dicot. Okay, cool. So um, when you decided you're going to go to college and learn biology, was science always a part of your life? Like, did you grow up always knowing that you wanted to work with animals and you always had a love for science? So actually growing up, I did always love science, but I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, um, when, I, when I went to college as a freshman, actually I majored in uh, advertising. And so, hmm. um, I, and I, I, I did also really like that, but I feel like my whole life, I, my, my first love was science and biology. And so, um, my junior year of college, I actually switched from uh, advertising major to a biology major. Um, and you know, I, I, I've always loved biology and that was definitely the right move for me, even though it took kind of an extra year, you know, to make up those classes, right. it, was, it was definitely worth it. Okay. And let's switch uh, lanes just a little bit. So I know you have a love for science and that's something that you're really into, but what else do you do outside of being a PhD student? So, um, yeah, I, I, like you said, people, people might not appreciate how long uh, or time <laughs> consuming this is. So um, one thing, you know, for, for people thinking about going into doing a PhD is, is that you definitely have to put those hours in. So, um, you know, right now it's seven o'clock my time and I've been here since eight and like, this is kind of an all day wow. thing. You work, the night, you work the weekends, but, but if it's something that you really 
love, then, then that's okay. Um, so outside of uh, lab, I am um, really involved in, in two things. So the first is um, we have a group called the Penn Graduate Women in Science and Engineering. And so um, science is, is still very much a male-dominated field. And so... Um, yes, it is. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, it definitely is. Of course, it's gotten um, better, especially in biology, but other fields such as uh, engineering, for example, or physics are still really male-heavy. And so um, we do things like... Uh, outreach in the city. So we are in Philadelphia. West Philly um, is, is a community that is, you know, full of underrepresented minorities. And so we do a lot of outreach with schools in West Philadelphia, um, doing like workshops and labs with high school students or mm -hmm. younger. Um, and, and the hope there is to get young students engaged in science from a really early age um, and, and hopefully retain them in science, um, particularly female students. Um, the other thing that I I'm really passionate about is um, policy. So uh, the American Society for Plant Biologists has a science policy committee, and we're really involved um, in kind of being this liaison between the plant science community and people who are policymakers. So something we do is go to Washington, D.C., go to the Hill, and speak to um, you know the, the Pennsylvania senators and the Pennsylvania congressmen and push kind of the priorities of the plant science community and also um, be kind of a, a touchstone for the, for those people. So when their constituents call and, and ask them about something like you know GMOs or climate change, um, we kind of have information as plant scientists about, about what they can tell their constituents. Um, other than you know science and and this all together, yeah, <laughs> I, um, I I love to play classical piano. So that's something I've done since I was a kid. So I was like six years old, and and um, I also like to do uh, running and. Um, Sometimes our labs do little, you know, races together, and that's that's a very nice, like, a uh, stress relief. And um, usually, I just hang out in my yard with with the cat um, and our in our little garden and kind of relax like that. So, um, one of the things when you were saying where you are, which is West Philly, mm -hmm. I wanted to sing and say West Philly, born and raised, and that's uh, <laughs> I wanted. I know, I know. I wanted to sing. Uh, <laughs> That's probably telling my age, but yeah, I really wanted to be like, oh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came from West Philly, so that must be like really big. Um, how long have you been in Philly? Have you, were you born and raised in Philly? No, so um, I was born in Camden, New Jersey, which is really close to uh, Penn, so I only, I actually still live in New Jersey. I live like 10 miles away from <laughs> campus, so. <laughs> Not bad. So, um, I did move around a little bit um, for, for college, but. Uh, I was born in New Jersey, and I still live really, really close to, to Philly in New Jersey. But Philly's Philly's great. Um, this is a, a great location for the school because um, we have so, so Penn, obviously being this Ivy League campus, is, is a little bit in in a bubble. Um, but mm. right outside, we have like the West Philadelphia community and, and a lot of opportunities for outreach. And you know, Camden, where I, where I was born, um, is is also really close to here. Um, <laughs> so it's safe to say that you're an east coast person do you ever venture to the west or to the south yeah so i i um happen to live in the east coast i don't know if i'm like hardcore repping the east coast 
Um, I definitely, so I've been to San Francisco a few times. Um, I got married in San Francisco City Hall, which was really lovely. Um, we've been to, you know, uh, Alameda and, and Oakland uh, around California. Um, I lived in Washington State for one year, in Washington, D.C. for a year, mm. in South Carolina for a little bit, uh, in Puerto Rico, which is where my uh, family is from. Um, yeah, East Coast, East Coast is all right. It's all right. <laughs> all right. Did you enjoy the rain of Washington State? Yeah, I really <laughs> liked Washington State, and I liked the weather there just fine. I don't, I don't mind the rain um, or, the, or like the cold there so much. I, I don't like summer so much. So the Puerto Rico weather gets to me. I don't like that. Oh, that really? Weather. Yeah. That's where your family's from, and you're like, nope, I'm not feeling this. This is a huge determining factor in terms of what time of year I visit. So I won't, I won't go in the summer. Got you. I'm not opposite. I love the summer, which is why I don't go to the East Coast in the winter. Oh, yeah. like, I cannot do all that I snow. My time indoors. So. Yeah. yeah I can't. I'm, I'm an outdoorsy person, so uh, I hike in the winter out here in California, but that's, that's, yeah. that's not happening in Philly, in no, Jersey. Our, our friend who lives in San Francisco has like her own avocado tree all, yes. you know, all year, and we go there, and she just plucks them and makes guacamole, which is amazing. <laughs> right. We have a lemon tree in our yard. I mean, That's great. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go through the uh, Bay Area and not find fruit growing in someone's backyard. Which we do is... have some good hiking uh, here. So Wharton State Forest, Wissahakon, is like, you know, tons of acres, and, and people ride their horses there and do bird watching, and there's waterfalls and everything, so... There's some outdoorsy stuff. That sounds good. I just, I don't think anyone's doing that in December, though, Probably not. or January. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't seem like the type Probably of thing yeah. that can happen there. But um, anyway, so where did you go for undergrad? Yeah, I went to Rowan University. It used to be called Glassboro State College, and this is a really small state school. Um and that was probably like the best move I, I think that I've made um, because they are a pri what's called a primarily undergraduate institution. So everyone who goes there is undergrads. And so um, being in a, in a lab there as an undergraduate was, was amazing because um, you are designing your own experiments, you're troubleshooting for yourself, you're reading the literature for yourself. Um, and so you definitely have this ownership of whatever project you're involved with that you don't get in a school that has, um, so, so Penn, for example, that has graduate students like myself and postdocs, um, which is one, you know, one level higher, um, because you have these different tiers of, of people, the undergraduates don't usually get as active a, a part mm -hmm. in the science um, and the research. So sometimes they're hired and they do things like just like keep the lab clean, washing dishes and, and stuff like that, which, um, I, I don't think I'd be so excited about going into a career in science if, if that had been my, my experience. So Yeah, that was part of my experience in undergrad, working in a lab with uh, snakes. Um, oh, okay. I, I was the only female in the lab, and they would go mm -hmm. out and um, capture wild water snakes, and they would not let me go. They would <laughs> never let me go with them, and they were like, no, nope, you, you can just stay in the lab. Oh, I was really? Like, I like to be outside. I can put on some waders. I can catch snakes. Like, that's... But, yeah, they wasn't feeling me on that. But, um... And then I sat in a dark room looking at pictures from an electron scan, electron scanning microscope. Like, I didn't even get to use the microscope. I was just... Oh, 
looking at the pictures from the microscope. And I was like, oh, this is for the birds. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. That's, that's not so nice. Although with, with the, you know, with the TEM, that's a, that's a really uh, expensive, sophisticated machine. I know it is. But I feel like I could have been like let in the room or something. Like, can I see the microscope? I didn't like <laughs> along or something you make a great point though about being the only female this is kind of my you know my, my, my personal soapbox but in my department um so of, of all the plant labs there's there's two women mm. um just two of us and i am the only latina in the entire department including you know all areas plants and and all of um, biology and so that's kind of i know that you're you're also really involved in in this kind of outreach and that's definitely something that it's kind of our, our, our privilege and our duty to um, have like the next generation of scientists be people who look like them. Exactly. And, so that's yeah. that's the reason why I'm doing this show um, is to bring out the diversity that's within STEM and mm-hmm. to show a variety of people, black, white, Latino, Indian, just whatever, like, but we're all in STEM. And there's yeah, women. Well, in STEM as well. Like, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Let us come through. And so that's why I'm doing this, and I thank you for being on the show. Uh, but, yeah. So I know you had your little soapbox just then, but I'm going to give you another opportunity for a soapbox. Um, if you were doing your outreach program right now in Pennsylvania and you were talking mm-hmm. to some high school students about going into STEM, what would you like to tell them? Yeah. Um, so I think if you think you might be interested in STEM, I'd say the first thing is to is to try it. So a lot of times um, we don't know what we like until we give it a shot. And so I say, like, keep an open mind and, and try things. And you, and you might be surprised what you end up falling in love with and, and want to pursue. And the second thing is to um, just do it, like do it, do it 100 percent. I think uh, science is. A competitive field and if you know if, if you want to do it then you got to jump in and, and give it like everything that you've got you know do whatever experience you can um every college no matter what type of college it has professors doing research they always want people who are driven and interested in science to work with them so just just jump all the way in um yeah and give give it give it all you got <laughs> give, give it all you got get, get, okay i'm not gonna go there <laughs> But um, what I do want to say is, um, as big for me, I like when I talk to kids, I always talk to them about mentorship. So, was there someone in your life that was like a good mentor for you, whether it was before college or after college, that helped guided you to this point? That's an excellent point. So, I definitely would not be here if it, if it wasn't for one person, um, and that was my uh, cell biology teacher uh, at Rowan. So, my my. During my undergraduate at Rowan, I had a cell biology teacher, and he saw how much I was really into like the stuff that we were learning. And um, he's the one that suggested to me that I might want to join a lab and do some research there. And so his is the lab that I joined. And um, I, I say I wouldn't be here be, with, you know without him. So my, my parents never went to um, they never finished college or anything, and I really didn't know what to what to do. And so he was kind of like my my fairy godmother of <laughs> science. And um, you know I. I didn't know that you could go to grad school and um, like get paid, you know, for it. And I didn't know that you could just get a job as a scientist like the rest of your life. And so he was there for me every step of the way, um, encouraging me and also giving me information um, and just kind of exposing me to all of these 
um, areas of scientific research. And so definitely find, you know, find someone, um, find your fairy, fairy godmother, <laughs> find, find your mentor. Um, and, Cause they make, they make such a huge, a huge difference. They really do. And, and sometimes you don't even know who that person's going to be. Like they can be yeah, in your sure. family, family friend, or someone you meet in college, a professor who helps guide you along the way. So that's a really good message that even a guy can be your fairly godmother. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, um, don't be shy. Um, so I still am very close to my department and I do a lot of alumni events and my professors are always so like happy to see me and happy that I'm in graduate school and, and always very proud of me. And um, professors kind of live for that one student who cares <laughs> and, and wants to do extra. And so I say, don't be like, don't be shy about approaching people. I've never found anyone um, in science to, to be discouraging, you know, I, I found it's a supportive community. They want you to do well. Um, right. So don't be shy about reaching out. That's, that's the same thing I found too in science is that mm -hmm. most of the time uh, they just want to share their knowledge. They want to be able to say, yeah, oh, I did that. I could tell you all about it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just got to ask them first. You know, you got to yeah. find take that. And like for me, I was super shy in high school, super shy. But it comes to that point where you just got to take a deep breath and just be like, hey, just what do, do you yeah. do? <laughs> I want to do what you do. How did you get to this point? And yeah. odds are, especially in science, especially in STEM, they're going to want you to do it anyway. They want to share it and they want to bring you along. And so I know it's overpowering being one of two females in probably the whole program. But I'm sure or you can let us let the audience know that even though being one of two females and the only Latina, you still have a great amount of support there and people want you to succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a great um, committee. Everyone here, at, I mean, at, at Penn in our department is very accessible, very collaborative. Uh, it's a very nice community where. Um, you know, you can walk into any lab and, and kind of get help or, or shoot ideas. And, and you're right. Everyone here, everyone wants you to succeed, to do well. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Ruby. That's probably all the time. Uh, one last thing. If there's anyone you want to give a shout out to, give them a shout. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so yeah, to the people in the back, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, thank you, Ruby. All right. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned into this program today. Um, just a reminder that the reason for this program is to show you that there's much diversity in STEM, men and women. And if you find someone that's doing something that interests you, please give me an email at catbobino.com or go to my website, catbobino.com, and let me know what you think and if this is someone you might be interested in communicating with. I'll see if they are willing to share their information and talk to you about going into STEM. So thank you. Until next time.